All right, so this this is Art back at you again. Want to give a, a special shout out and and a tribute uh, for this episode to uh, my mentor. He just recently um, passed from cancer, uh, James A. Wallace. Um, much love, much respect, um, and and the world is gonna miss such a great presence. And he would he would say it as I would say it. Fuck cancer. And we need to find a cure. What's going on, Wild Black Family? You got Vince here with you. I know it's rare that you hear my voice before the episode, so it must be an important one coming up. You already know that. Today we're talking about cancer, and I don't think there's a black family, or really, honestly, any family out there that's not been affected by this disease. So before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to to dedicate it to a couple people that are important to me that I've lost. My... Grand, actually, both of my grandfathers, both of my grandmothers, one of which I was actually burying while this episode was being recorded, as well as my father and my younger brother. Miss you. Love you. Lord knows I love you. And uh, I hope we find a cure soon because we're losing too many people to this disease. Peace. Welcome to Wild Black, a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all black everything. All right, welcome back to Wild Black. Our podcast is always recorded at DRS Studios, one of the baddest, most amazing studios in the land. Check them out at drsatl.com. If you're a new listener, thank you for joining us today. If you're a seasoned listener, welcome back and thank you for coming back with us again for another round. This is your host, Art, with you today. Um, We got a great episode ahead we love it when we are able to actually educate and influence um, with information for the betterment of our people. And today is going to be a show that will do just that. But before we get into the topic of discussion, allow me to invite you all to do something for us at Wild Black. So first, hopefully, you all know why we're here, what we do. But for any of the new listeners who are out there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it in a real simple way. We got two reasons why Black exists. Um, the first reason is we tell stories of black folks um, that's in any industry or area who by choice or by force work within a nuanced manner. Um, and if you think about that, it's like, how do you act at work kind of code switching and things that you do to, 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 to adapt? Or how do you escape a police stop, both alive and free? We accompany stories and experiences with expert information to help us all survive and thrive, and to remind you that you are not alone in the struggle. So that's one. And then two, we tell stories of struggle and success from us, for us, and by us that should hopefully inspire you to help to continue to excel and to continue to grow. So those are our two reasons for our existence. First, this week and week after week, we have episodes. Um, And if you listen to Wild Black or if you don't learn something, then you ain't listening to Wild Black the right way. So we got a lot of great content. um, And we want to make sure that all of our listeners uh, are enjoying the content and enjoying the the, the things that we have to offer and our wonderful guests. 
So here's some things I need for you to do. Three things. Super simple, really easy. One, share this podcast with all of the individuals within your network. If you want to pick one or two people or three people or four people or five, do that. Share it. Um, Two, hit us up on iTunes, Google Play Music, um, Podbean, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, whatever your chosen platform that you like to listen to podcasts and things on, go there and rate us. We love the feedback. We love the reviews. And then thirdly, talk to us. Hit us on IG, hit us on Twitter, um, hit us an email. We check all those pretty frequently. And we always love to hear our listeners and what they're thinking about, how they think about our content, how they think about our guests, um, and how they think about the overall podcast. So those are the simple three things I want you to do. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we're going to jump right into it. So today is going to be another dope episode. Um, we got a wonderful guest. Um, she's a young woman with a grind that's amazing. She's 28. Um, she's a mom. She has an eight-year-old son, has a degree in neuroscience from the University of Alabama at Birmingham, and is currently a PhD candidate in cancer biology. Um, she's a cancer researcher. She is also an entrepreneur and has started a holistic health business. Along with that, she's an aspiring author who is releasing her first children's book very soon. Let's welcome Ashley Banks to Wild wow Black. Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you. As you were saying all that, I was like, dang, I sound like a great person, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a lot of yes. stuff. Yes. That sounds good to me. That's, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That black girl magic. That's, that's <laughs> excellence right there. <laughs> When I was reading the, I was reading your bio, I was like, oh yeah, she's she's, she's gonna be dope on Wild Black. I appreciate it. I try to be. You know what? You wanna you wanna share anything else with the with the listeners and um, with, with Wild Black? Like, dang, I don't even know how to top what you just said. Like that sounds <laughs> like it should, I don't know. Like I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> but um I would say, uh, yeah, I mean, to top all that off, um, and most recent accolades that I have, um, I'm starting an HBCU tour, um, where I'm going to different HBCUs um, throughout the country, actually. And I'm going to speak on um, minorities in medicine and underrepresentation right. of black and brown people in the field of science and medicine, um, hoping to inspire and promote more of them to apply for um, PhDs in like science, technology, as well as going to medical school. Um, as of today, um, I've spoken at Clark Atlanta, Spelman, and Morehouse. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was, those were amazing opportunities. Um, great time meeting those students. Um, and I have Georgia State actually coming up next this week. And then from there, I'm uh, moving to, well, not moving to, but um, I'm moving my platform to FAMU to go and speak. And then I'm going up to Hampton um, University. And then I'm coming back down to Grambling and um, Xavier University of uh, Louisiana, and then I'm going back up to Morgan State. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a busy the grind semester. It's real. Yeah. That's what's up. That's great. Yeah, thank you. So today, so I alluded to this, but I, I'm gonna hit you with it. All right. Today we're gonna talk about cancer research okay. and what you do, what you do, who you are, and we're gonna get into it kind of deep because I know our listeners, um, cancer is like a. a that's a thing that I know there's a lot of misconceptions. I know it's a lot of people yeah. who have misunderstandings of what it is, what it means, what treatment is. So today just seems like a really fitting time to talk through that. And sure. we are 
just, it's a pleasure to have you with us to talk about Thank it. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. But first, so we got this signature section that we always go through with all of our guests. Oh, God. Um, and we love it. <laughs> our, our our guests love it. Our, um, our I don't embarrass love me. It. Don't, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Look, go it's ahead. all on you. It's going to be how you right. answer these questions. Yeah, don't it's, embarrass it's... myself is what I should be saying. All right, go ahead. I'm ready. And then, so we, we put everybody on the hook for a little bit. What's unique about this is generally, so it's, we got three questions. The first two, they just wide open. And then the third one is like the one that oh, everybody got the <laughs> same kind of answer to this third question. And it's, right. it's lovely okay. uh, that they do. So let's let's jump right in. Okay. Um, first question. If you had to pick between Beyonce and Cardi B to party with for the weekend, who would it be and why? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm from Brooklyn and I'm black and Puerto Rican, so I kinda wanna say Cardi. Uh-huh. However, Beyonce is Beyonce though. And the mm-hmm. people that are gonna be at her party, including Hope. Right. Okay, I'm gonna say Beyonce. Beyonce. I'm gonna okay. say Beyonce. Okay. okay. Yeah, Beyonce, I'm gonna say Beyonce. Sorry, Cardi. I love Hard you. Hard choice, but but Beyonce won that one out. Cardi's still hot though. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, no, no, no. She she seems cool to like kick it with. Mm-hmm. You know, but but B is B, like, you know what I'm saying? You can spot Cardi maybe somewhere out in Atlanta. Like, right. Beyonce, you can't, you, you don't have the opportunity. So nice. I'm going to go there. Nice. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. If I if I could, could kick it with, with Cardi V and B, I'd probably pick B too. All right, then. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm with you. All right, cool. I'll co-sign with you on that one. <laughs> All right, second question. What's your favorite cereal, or what was your favorite, and it may be the same one, mm-hmm. what was your favorite cereal as a kid? My favorite cereal as a kid, mm-hmm. um, Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. The original Captain Crunch. Okay, original. Did you like the Crunch Berries? The nah, nah. The berries? When they when oh, they you... started adding that and the peanut butter, mm-hmm. like it was like you're messing it up. You I didn't want. I just wanted the regular <laughs> red box with the captain on the yes. front. That's all. I. That's that's it. Okay. That was it. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm, I I I was with Captain Crunch. I. Uh, my favorite was Lucky Charms. I like the little marshmallow joys. That was the only good part, though. The other cereal was nasty, though. The other it one didn't like, taste like anything. But you had to put them together. Like, when you when you put them together, it kind of did something for okay. you. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> cool, okay. Captain Crunch, I got you. Yeah. So that's what we're going to get you as a gift, Captain Crunch. We're going to send it to you. I, okay. <laughs> All right, third question. And this is, this is our signature question. Uh-huh. What do you love the most about life while black? What do I love the most about life while black? Mm-hmm. And this is this is crazy because I think the thing that like riles me up the most is that by so many other people we're seen as like the underdog. You know what I mean? So it always feels good when you win because nobody wants you to win. Mm-hmm. And then it's like when you come out on top, it's like, yeah, I knew I was going to get here that. and you upset. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me feel good that you upset, you know? So I think it's just... It's it's that, you know, knowing that everyone wants you to fail, but you already know that you're not, and then you you take it there. Like it's it's kind of I mean, yeah, being being the underdog is kind of like the best way I know how to I know how to describe it. Like in so many different things, you know, people feel like, oh, like we don't deserve to, you know, be given the same opportunities or to be in the same even level or caliber as like other people you know, or other other races. So it's like when we dominate in those fields, like it feels amazing. Like when I see like these 
Olympic gold medalist in like swimming and like gymnastics. <laughs> so I'm like, they didn't want us to have this, right. you know, tennis, golf. You know what I mean? Like they didn't, they didn't want us to have this. And it it just feels amazing, like watching all of like the other kings and queens like rise above and just do things that before like were unheard of. Like we weren't, mm-hmm. we just weren't doing it. You know what I mean? That wasn't that wasn't our field. That wasn't our industry. And we're just like taking over. I think yeah. I think that's my favorite. That's dope. That's the it it is it, it says a lot like when because we we on Wild Black we talk about like the head or the 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 head start that that people of non color have had yeah. for so many years, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like the pace at which we're picking up and then we coming in. We yeah. It, it's almost like yeah, that underdog and everybody, and, and I love that desire and that passion that you got for being an underdog because it's like this crazy grind to say, "Oh, I'm finna show you what's really yeah. about to happen." Like yeah. this is finna be a W right now on on, on the That's... side of of somebody that you didn't think or you counted out way too early. You weren't yep. thinking that we was gonna come up and dominate like right. this. Yeah, that's a great trait for for African Americans and people of color, and I, I, I love that you brought it out yeah. that way. So cool. So you know what? We're gonna jump into. Um, we have a section called a dope quote. So I want to tell you about it. And this is more of a statement today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to get your opinion and get your thoughts on this. Okay. So many black Americans do not trust their healthcare providers to act in their best interest. Research has shown that blacks are much less likely to report trust in their physicians and hospitals, thus are less likely to seek treatment or be compliant with recommended treatment plans when they actually do go. What do you what do you think about that? It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. I have patients that feel more comfortable talking to me than they will to like doctors or other people. You know, and it's mm. and it's I mean it, it's a comfortability thing, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people feel like, you know, they're not going to understand. You know what I mean? Like if I'm explaining to them and I me mean, it can be something like, you know, they want me to come up here for like eight hours and do this exam or this lab test or something like that. But, you know, I can't make this appointment. And the doctors, you know, like, nah, you have to be here. But when they talk to me, they're like, I can't afford eight-hour parking, like, in this parking deck. You know what I mean? But they're Mm -hmm. comfortable in coming to me because they know I'm going to understand that struggle. You know what I'm saying? If you tell someone who's making $300,000 a year that an eight-hour parking deck, you know, charges a lot, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. But I'm like... All right, like I get it though. Like right. I'm like, nah, I feel you. Like we'll we'll figure something out. Or once you tell me that, I'm gonna go and I'm like, all right, well, let's see what we can do for a valet or something like that. Or let me figure out if there's another spot you can park at. Blah blah blah, and go from there. But um, I definitely I definitely see that on um, I'm not gonna say on a daily basis, but I see it regularly, for sure. Um, and it's just in feeling like I said, in feeling comfortable that someone gets your struggle. You know, it's hard mm-hmm. to talk to, you know, even even for myself, like sometimes it's hard to talk to maybe like a white person or something like that about like what I'm going through. That's just like, I'm a single mom, right? Mm-hmm. I can't talk to somebody who's never been a single mom about my single mom struggles because they're not going to know what I'm talking about. If I'm like, I got to go home and do this and do this and my son has baseball, then get up and do this and do this. They, they can't relate to that because they have a two-person household. I don't know what type of support system that they may have. My struggles are different from theirs. And I think a lot of, you know, that plays into, like, races and ethnicities, too. That's why I think it's so important because, you know, cancer affects the black community so much that we have more physicians and more doctors, more nurses, more research staffs that that look like 
what a lot of the patients do, you know, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, they can they can understand that they'll be more open to to communicating anything. I mean, it could be safety-related things. It could be, you know, smaller, minute things. It doesn't matter. But I feel like you always want, especially, unfortunately, when you have a disease like cancer, you're in the hospital so much. You're in the doctor's office so much because you're always coming, either for medications, for treatments, for labs, for follow-up visits, for whatever. You want somebody that you're going to feel like you can relate to because you see them all the time. You don't want a doctor, you know, that just comes in and out. Hey, all right, labs look great. See you next time. Like, come on. Like, yeah. like You going through something real serious and and that's how nonchalant it is. Exactly. You know, but but there there are some, you know, physicians that will just do their job, if that makes sense what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's always been a big part of, you know, when I see my patients, like that bedside manner, that can't be taught. You know what I mean? Like either either you want to, you know, be there and allow these people to maybe forget that they have cancer for the hour that they're in there. You know, like that's that's what I'm about. My yeah. I'm a diehard Alabama football fan, roll tight. And <laughs> I will I will sit and talk to my patients during football season. We'll we'll be in heated arguments. It'll get I'm like, okay, we gotta bring it down now. Like other people are staring. But I'm gonna talk to you about whatever. Some of my patients will go through my phone. I'm like, this is a picture of my son from last season's game. Look at this hit. Didn't he didn't wasn't it good? And we will literally go back and forth. I mean, some of my patients I've seen out at like Atlanta United games, mm-hmm. they're like, yo, we're in a suite. You wanna come to the suite? Hell yeah, I wanna come to the right. suite. Like, come kick it with you. You right. know what I'm saying? Like yep. it's but you you have to you have to have that. It's that comfortability that makes you, you know, that like I said, that bedside manner, that relatability, rather. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That makes you a good um healthcare professional. Yeah. I, absolutely. I'm I'm hundred percent with you. I think I think you're you're spot on. So you know what? I wanna I wanna get into I want to get into this cancer topic. Let's do it. Because, man, it's it's so critical. And, and honestly, it's so much information that should be known that we need to get out to as many people oh, yeah. as possible. Oh, yeah. And and so let's let's do it. Let's jump right into that. All right. So being within this space, kind of tell us, tell us how you got into the cancer research and space mm-hmm. and why it means so much to you. Yeah, so when I was in kindergarten, my mom passed away from breast cancer. Um, So I saw it, like, early on, right? Like, I saw everything. I saw the harsh treatments. I saw the radiation. I saw the surgery. You know, she had a total mastectomy. For those that, you know, don't really know what that is, she had both both breasts removed, right? Surgically removed, where the tumor was, you know, and it still spread. You know what I mean? And she had she still had to go through radiation treatment, through chemotherapy, to trying different drugs, things like that. So like all of that while I'm she was diagnosed well, she was diagnosed when I was four and then she passed when I was six. So for that two year time span, like I'm seeing everything, right? Because I'm going to visit her on a daily basis. So yeah. I'm watching her lose her hair. I'm watching her get skinnier. I'm watching her get weaker. You know, she can't sit up and talk to me the way that she used to. You know what I mean? Like it's different, it's different things. And you know, in that moment. It just watching her go through everything and then eventually passing on. I knew in that moment that I wanted to find the cure, you know, for cancer, like be on that team to help find the cure or, you know, at least like help other people, you know, and Mm -hmm. and decreasing their chances of developing cancer or those that that have cancer, like informing them of the the best health tips or advice that I can give to them on how to, you know, do a change in diet or, you know, what 
different like natural um, medicines that they should be taking or, you know, um, just just ways of boosting the immune system, like defeating cancer, things like that, um, which is primarily how I spend my time now. But I mean, when you I think when you go through something like that, it was one of those situations that for the longest time I didn't I didn't understand. You know, it was always Mm -hmm. just a, why me? Like, why did this happen to me? Like, yeah, that's not fair. Like, why me? You know, and this was in, my mom passed in 96, right? So a little while ago, and it was always a, why me? Life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. And it wasn't until a couple years ago, I was like, you know what? I have so much knowledge on this because I've literally dedicated my life just to reading it for fun because I need to, I needed to understand. There was still that closure that I was seeking, right? So I wanted to, um, help myself decrease chances, right? Since my yeah, mom had it, I absolutely. was like, I need to be careful for me. So I'm learning and I'm, I'm reading up on things for me. And I'm like, you know what? This is, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to, there's so much knowledge out there. Like, I need to tell other people. So I started telling my friends and my family. I was like, I want to help people. I want to help people. So eventually, you know, became a cancer researcher and I was doing it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm talking to these patients that already have cancer. But what about like the other people, you know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. that haven't gotten it you know, but do have cancer that runs in their family or whatever, or do just want to know how to be healthy in general. Like, what about them? You know what I mean? Because there's there's one thing to help people who have cancer, but how do you work towards people who are trying to prevent themselves from getting cancer? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you can can always, you know, fix a problem once you have it, but why not just, like, prevent the problem from ever occurring? Exactly. Exactly. So that's when I was like, you know what? This This is what I'm... This is what I'm here to do. Like, this is what I'm here to do. Pain to passion. Yeah. You know, so I'm here. That's an amazing story because it's rooted in a in a in a purpose. Yeah. Like that's that's deeper than what you would normally see by by, you know, any individual just picking a profession or picking something that they right. want to do for the rest of their life or right. something that actually gives them a lot of fulfillment. So that's 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 awesome. Yeah. So in in your research and in 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 that quest for to, to understand knowledge, mm-hmm. right, and what cancer is. Can you explain or kind of describe yeah. what, what, what is cancer really? <laughs> yeah. Now, nah, that's an amazing question. And I honestly love when people ask me that question because I think so many times we think that we know, but we don't. Right. And everything right. I thought I knew about cancer, I didn't, if that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, so basically from, from a scientific aspect, right, cancer basically forms from abnormal cells, right? Everybody has cell growth that goes on in their body. We all, we know the, you know, the double helix, the DNA um, module, the stream that all has, you know, different DNA coatings, um, so to speak. So what happens when someone develops cancer is that in that DNA coding sequence that's constantly going, a mutation occurs, right? A mutation occurs and then an abnormal cell grows from that mutation because something is off in that DNA strand that your body is used to making. It grows an abnormal cell, a cell that's not like the rest in your body. Mm -hmm. That abnormal cell grows at a faster rate than our normal cell does. So when it's growing, at, but it still resembles our regular cells. So our body doesn't know in that instance that, hey, this one doesn't belong. Right. Uh-huh. Cancer is very, very, very smart. And that's what's unfortunate about it. So you'll, it's, it's basically like having twins, but one's a good twin and one's an evil <laughs> twin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you don't know until somebody does something wrong because yeah. they look the same. So it's kind of like that, you know, in, in an analogy form. And because it grows so quickly, it, there's, no, there's no space in the body for it to be released. So our cells in our body is, is you know, 
perfectly and wonderfully designed. As cells get older, naturally, um, and normally speaking, as cells get older and they die, our body gets rid of them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like every time one dies, then the body says, okay, it's time to make another one. So it's it's keeping, you know, the flow going. With these abnormal cells, because they grow so fast, the body is not emptying, you know, the cells out. They're not, they're not dying. They're just rapidly growing. So that becomes a buildup of these abnormal cells. And as they continue to pile up onto each other, then it forms a tumor. And that's how you see it from the outside. It's literally these cells piled on top of each other and built up. Then it becomes the tumor. Um, And then, you know, from there, if, if not treated, then of course the cells will continue to grow. And because it's like, if you, if you think about like, piling beanbags like on top of each other and you get to a high point, right? As the tumor is like maybe like protruding from the skin, that's when people can normally like feel lumps as they call them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're if you're piling beanbags up at a point when you get to the highest point, some are going to start to like fall off, right? It's not just going to stay at the top. They're going to fall off. So the same with abnormal cells. As they fall off, they're going down into the bloodstream into different parts of the body. That's how it metastasizes. So it's going and it's like, okay, it's developed so big in this region, it's metastasizing, which basically just means spreading to another part of the body. And what's crazy is that different types of cancer actually have um, locations that they typically metastasize to. Like people who have prostate cancer, Mm -hmm. it typically metastasizes to the bone which is unfortunate. Um, people who have breast cancer, it typically metastasizes to the armpit, which is why they'll have lumps like in their armpit area. Um, people who have lung cancer, it typically will metastasize to the brain because when we're inhaling oxygen, right, it flows through our brain and it goes up. So their cancer will typically go to the brain. Oh, okay. So there's there's different, you know, um, things and scenarios to 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 look for and to to know. But I mean, I guess in in summation, it's kind of, that's that's a simplistic way, I guess, that I yeah, can that's a explain great, it. That's a great, easy way to consume All that right, good. low information. <laughs> and I think a lot okay. of people don't really know. Yeah. Like it's kind of like, wow, what is it really? Right. And um, that's a great, that's a great simplistic way for everybody to be able to consume that. Okay, cool. What 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 are the so with that, with a with a great, I think we're gonna build up into mm-hmm. like a good understanding of of cancer. So what what causes it? Like, what is the, the, and I know there's different types, but mm-hmm. what's the general cause of it, though? Right. So the biggest thing that I want people to understand is that, like, everybody's cancer is different. Different cancer types are different, right? And a huge thing that I always, like, tell people, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, my, my mom had cancer, my dad had cancer, so I'm going to get cancer. And I'm like, all right, but not every cancer is hereditary. I just want you know, people to understand that. Just because, you know, your mom or your dad may have had this kind doesn't mean that that mutation is also in your DNA. Mm -hmm. You know, not all cancer is hereditary. A lot of it um, is environmental factors. I mean, you have to look at diet, right? Exercise, hereditary, you know, um, genetics is is one. Um, It could... It could be so many things. And then unfortunately, you know, that's that's what research is there for. We're still trying to there's there could be there could I mean, it can be like air pollution. You know what I mean? It can be yeah. like poor, poor diet, which we know a lot of foods, you know, unhealthy foods rather are like, you know, attributed an increased risk of developing cancer and stuff like that. That's, you know, come out of there. But it's one of those things where I always tell people the healthier you can be now, you know, the the more efforts you're putting towards prevention. Because mm-hmm. what what I like to tell people is cancer doesn't happen overnight, right? 
those cells aren't going to become, you know, that one cell is not going to become abnormal. And then you wake up the next morning and there's a tumor. Like, that's just, that's not how it works. It develops over at least 10 years, right? So really? it takes like, yeah. So a lot of people don't understand that. Like, it's it's been it's been building. So there's 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 a good amount of time for, you know, when it first becomes that abnormal cell to where you, you know, it can it can potentially even be something serious, you know, in, in one of the stages, stage one through four. And taking care of your body now, you know, you're you're decreasing those those chances. Mm-hmm. Um and even if there is that, you know, one abnormal cell, like I believe, you know, in in holistic and naturopathic medicine. But I can I can definitely say that, you know, I've seen in my own patients that diet and exercise absolutely one hundred percent has a huge effect on like cancer and your labs for yeah. sure. So so, you know, a lot of people downplay mm-hmm. or don't take especially a lot of people of color in mm-hmm. in, in my community and in, in our community. Yeah. Um downplay the fact that diet has a lot to do with yeah. health. Like, yeah. like as if changing your habits over time won't change the makeup of right. your body or how healthy you actually become. Right. In the dietary space, like what mm-hmm. is it about a diet that influences or yeah. um, has an effect on cancer or or cancer itself forming or not forming or growing or spreading or not spreading? Mm-hmm. How does that relationship work? So basically the number one fact, you know, if and I'll and I'll tell, you know, all of the all the listeners, if there's one thing you take away like from the show, like please know that cancer feeds off of sugar, period. That is its food source. A lot of people don't know that. Cancer eat sugar. That's how it grows so rapidly. That's how it spread. Now, of course, sugar's in everything, right? We can't, there's sugar in fruit. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's a different type of sugar, you know? So you're talking about like sucrose versus like glucose versus like fructose. You know what I mean? There's yep. there's so many different, but there is healthy sugars, right? Our body needs sugar naturally in order to, you know, thrive. But, you know, when you have Big Macs that have like ridiculous <laughs> amounts of like sugar and that's not real meat and and, you know, and you have people that are you know, out and, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't eat lunch, but I had a candy bar. Like, why? Like, why? I don't understand. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's situations like that, but I get, I get so many times, I say the, the age, whenever, and I'm vegan, right? I've been vegan for two years. And my okay. little boy, he's eight. He's been vegetarian for two years. And, but of course he eats vegan meals too. But I will tell, whenever I tell people, you know, I'm vegan, of course they ask me why. I talk about Dr. Sabi. A lot of people know or don't know about him. That's, mm-hmm. that's like my life mentor. I will stay up and like not get any sleep watching his documentaries and his, you know, um, tutorials on that's food science. And, um, cause he's, he was an amazing herbalist, you know, um, out of Honduras, um, and he always talks about electric foods and it's real like food you have to think like if you go back to other civilizations and you look at like native american cultures african cultures traditionally indian cultures things like that that still practice that eastern medicine a lot of the remedies and the medicines that they give to like their patients and their people are plants and herbs you know pharmaceuticals and all of these pills and drugs and things like that that's western medicine that's really done here you know that's mm-hmm. not so much done on the other side of the world but there's a reason why we have like so many diseases here we're like the most one of the most unhealthy countries absolutely crazy i mean it's we have we have fast food restaurants you know that that's everywhere i mean in 
you you see like restaurants like Whole Foods, Sprouts, Trader Joe's, those aren't in the hood. Those are in Correct. affluent areas. Correct. Those are in affluent areas. Yep. But in the hood, there's a McDonald's on every, every single corner. corner. Yep. You know Burger what I mean? King Bob Burger King, Popeyes, Chicken. Everything. Like yeah. on in every single corner. And you will have to search high and low to find a Whole Foods. It's not there. Like, and people have to understand like what what that means. Like, look at the bigger picture. This isn't a conspiracy theory. Like, it's a fact. If you go yep, to the hood, absolutely. if you go on, you know what I'm saying, Moreland Avenue, you're, yep. you're going down here to Memorial Drive. Yep. Oh, okay, I go down there. There's one vegan spot that I can go to that mm-hmm. I always drive to in the West End. Outside of that, there's nothing. There's nothing, which is why I'm glad it's there because it, you know, gives an opportunity for, you know, people who are in those, you know, types of areas to still eat healthy. But other than that, other other stores aren't, aren't given to them. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, my grandma, she ate meat and cheese her whole life and she lived to 115 years old. I'm like, all right, how is her blood pressure? All right, you know what I mean, like right. How many because, blood pressure because, medications but I'm saying, is she on but, right now? But right. chances exactly. are, you know, a lot of a lot of elderly people they do have high blood pressure from Absolutely. back in the day, or they are diabetic, yep. or they do have gout, or they do yep. have. I mean, there's, you know what I mean? Like, there's. I'm like, okay, like, yes, maybe they they did not have cancer, you know what I mean? Or they may have lived a long time, but you have to understand also food production was completely different than than the way it is right now. Back mm-hmm. then, people actually farmed. Like they really yeah. had farms, you know. You right. would you would get eggs, you know what I mean, from, from the, the person chicken. who had chickens. Yeah. It yep. wasn't like a shipped fifteen hours away from God knows you know where, mm-hmm. you know, for for these things. Like people actually like grew herbs and plants, and people had gardens. You know what I mean? You don't have that in Midtown and Buckhead. You don't have gardens. Right. You don't have right. nobody. You have there's concrete. no space yeah. for that. <laughs> there's right? No, yes. There's no space. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Back then, like people. They took the time to garden. They grew their oregano, their thyme, their tomatoes. So those things were organic. They didn't have to pay other companies to put chemicals and pesticides in the stuff because they were growing it in their own backyard. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So whereas now, a lot of people for monetary reasons don't want to take the time and effort to actually like produce food the correct way. They want the cheap and easy way that's going to cost them the least amount of money so that they can sell it for more. Because, you, I mean, people, yeah. people, you, yep. you got to think true. about it. Like, if you look at, like, a high-end restaurant, right? Let's talk about, like, something like, I don't know, maybe, like, Ruth Chris Steakhouse, right? Mm-hmm. You go to there, a steakhouse is not, a steak is not cheap, right? It's not cheap. A at piece all. of meat traditionally, like, was not cheap. Like, that was hard to get. Like, if you were growing up, like, back in the day and you were poor, like, my parents used to say, like, they, they ate, like, what was it, like, buttermilk and cornbread was like a meal like mm-hmm. sometimes like that was literally a meal because meat was expensive because they took the right precautionary measures to make that meat so it took more to get whereas oh, now true. you go to McDonald's and you're getting quote unquote meat for a dollar that's not meat like yeah. you know what I mean like that's that's something else like you have to think about things like that and it's, it's seriously processed absolutely it's seriously mm-hmm. processed there's chemicals added there's so many preservatives and things like that it's some food is not meant to be on the shelf in a grocery store for two to three weeks. It's just not. If it does last that way, there's preservatives and there's chemicals that have been added to allow it to stay in that state and not mold, which basically means that it's not natural. Anybody who goes to any type of health food store or, you know, organic place to eat, they know that even when you do fresh juicing, you got 24 to 48 hours maximum to drink that fresh juice or it's bad because that's its natural state, period. But people don't want that. They want to Oh, okay, well, let me get this, you know, canned green beans that's going to last. Oh, it, it don't expire for another year and a half. Like, yeah. what? 
Right. Like vegetables aren't supposed to last a year and a half. Right. You know what I mean? Like they don't last naturally like that. Exactly. So how, you so people yeah. I just I just want people to to, you know, keep those things in mind as they're shopping, yeah. you know, for stuff. I, I love how you so there's a lot of nuggets in what you just said. Like mm. it, around one Food, food is 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 seriously how you how you treat your body, what you intake into your body, right. what the natural processes of food are versus things that are actually processed by man, mm-hmm. and you consume them as well. I also like the fact that you mentioned. Um, so you know, you you have people who talk about like healthy living yeah. and healthy eating, but then their lifestyle doesn't necessarily reflect that. Right. You are actually within a vegan lifestyle. Yeah. Which is the direct reflection <laughs> of what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's like, listeners, when you listen to that, it, mm. like I, I, like we sh- we shared earlier, we bring experts in, and experts have a passion for what they do. Yeah. And it's it's amazing that you have that level of passion for what you do. I appreciate And that. how it's aligned to how you think about things, and how it's aligned to how you practice medicine, how yeah. you are a healthcare professional. It it all is interconnected, interrelated, and I think this it's a beauty to that. Let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Do you think cancer is preventable? I think that the risk of developing cancer can definitely be dramatically decreased, for sure. I know that, like I said, for me, I've always known from when I was younger, doctors always told me, hey, because your mom had cancer, and my mom died very young. Like, understand, like, she was... 38 years old when she died. Like, that's young. Typically, people are like, cancer is an old person's disease. Nah, not anymore. You know, I have patients that are 26 years old with stage four cancer, rare forms of cancer. So I understand that. So I've always been told, you know, you're going to have to start getting mammograms much sooner than like other people do. And, you know, and last year I sucked it up and I got genetic testing, you know, which is basically Mm -hmm. like, you give a sample of blood and then they'll look at, like I was talking about before, your DNA strands and they'll see if any of the mutations that they know um, of that um, lead to breast cancer, which would be like a BRCA1, BRCA2, which we call BRCA1, BRCA2. Those are directly related to breast cancer, cervical cancer, ovarian cancer, um, even sometimes prostate cancer. Obviously, I don't have a prostate because I'm a female, but that's just an example (laughs) that I'm putting out there so that other people can know. Um, But it's like, so I got tested for those things. Mm -hmm. And that was the scariest part, like, of my life. Because I was like, it was one of those situations where, like I said, I'm a mom. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I would rather know now than live my life like, ignorantly in bliss. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, I could have done something before if I would have just gotten this genetic testing and found out, you know? So I went to do it and had to wait like two weeks and then got it back and I didn't have any of the mutations. So I was, you know, that was, Amen. that was Hallelujah. definitely right. You know what I mean? It was yeah. one of those crying moments. But for anybody that does do that, I also want them to know like, that's not a one and done. Just because I got this, te- you know, this testing at 28, 27, I think I was at the time, 27 years old. And it said I didn't carry any of the breast cancer mutations. Yeah. That does not mean that I will not develop breast cancer. Your genes change every day. DNA changes all the time. Cells replicate, duplicate all the time. It means in that moment, I don't have any mutations. <laughs> right. That, you know, so that's definitely something that needs to be done like every couple of years um, just to see um, and be on top of it. Um, but that was definitely something that that I had to that I had to go 
and to do. And yeah, like, of course, it's it's scary. But even the patients that I talk to now, my patients be spitting knowledge, y'all. Like, even the patients that I talk to now, I had one gentleman, I always like to tell his story, he, um, black gentleman, right? He had prostate cancer. Prostate cancer is so affluent in the black male community. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the, like, that and lung cancer is the are the two top um, cancer killers in the black male community. Um, and he told me straight up, you know, his uncomfortability with having his butt touched. He was like, I won't. He was like, you know, I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to let, you know, somebody stick their finger in my butt. Like, that's, that's wild. Like, I know I'm good. Yeah. And he always said that was his mindset. Like, he just wasn't, he just wasn't with it. And when I talked to him, he was like, man, I wish, I wish I would have just took those five minutes of discomfort and I would have, you know, all of this could have been preventable. Because mm-hmm. prostate cancer is one of those things. If you catch it early, it has a really high curable rate. Like a lot of people don't understand that. Like prostate cancer is one of the, I don't want to call it lucky ones to get, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's it's definitely, it's definitely able to be cured, like if caught early on. And you can take it early on, um, catch it early on, you know, easily. And for the people out there, they're like, nah, like I'm still not with it. I'm still, you know, not with that. That's a that's more now of like an antiquated way to do it. You mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to have that testing. Now a lot of people, um, typically like when they hit like 40, maybe is a really good age yeah. um for black men to start. It's a blood test now. Yep. And you just tell your doctor, you know, hey, I want to check my PSA levels, right? Um, prostate-specific antigen is what that stands for. And it detects um, that lab level. And your doctor would go over things from there. So if it's high, it's like, all right, we need to, you know, look at something else. Let's, you know, but it's it's that first detector. So if you don't want your butt touch, fine, whatever. I'm not here to convince you to do that. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At least, at least get that blood work. You know yeah. what I mean? Because yep. that's... That's a needle in your arm. Like you can, you can you do, can that. do that. You can do yeah. that. You can do that. Um, so have have them check that or whatever. But it's like I said, all of this. It there's there's ways. We just got to get that knowledge out there. Because like I said, a lot of people don't know that they still they still think that you know they have to get you know like a physical yeah. exam in order to tell that. So that's that's why it's so important for me to like go out yep. and and really teach people and bring them awareness so that they can Absolutely. know like hey like start doing this. You need to start looking at this. Yeah. So bros. Everybody who who hearing my voice right now, you just heard the game right now. So you ain't even got they ain't even got to do the whole rectal exam. Right. Like you you straight with just the just knowing what to ask for, making yeah. sure if you and she hits you with the number, if you over forty or you forty and older, mm-hmm. you got to make sure you 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 taking care of that. Yeah, like definitely for sure, definitely. Okay, so that's one interesting misconception about yeah. cancer and and you know getting tested. Mm-hmm. What other misconceptions have you been exposed to that you are yeah. aware of? I'm always here to spread knowledge. I will tell people, <laughs> and, I, and I tell people, you know, a lot. A lot of people say, oh, you know, I know smoking cigarettes leads to, you know, uh, lung cancer, which it does. You know, there are studies that have already proven that, you know what I'm saying, tobacco. What about weed? I'll get to that in one second. Oh, okay, <laughs> so, okay. We going we to talk about that. <laughs> but I, I always want to let people know Hookah is not good for you. And I'm going to say that one more time. What? Hookah is worse than cigarettes. Hookah... Uh-oh, PSA. She just look, she just dropped a bomb on everybody. You know what I'm saying? Every party promoter about to come for me right now. <laughs> I feel like I love all y'all. But nah, I'm, I'm just, I just want to put that out there. What you do with any information I spread today is completely up to you. But I feel like it's my job, Absolutely. you know, as a professional to put this out there and at least give you that knowledge so that you can know. Um, but it's it's just not. It's It's... 
I mean, it's it's flavored tobacco. You know what I mean? Like it's it's and you're inhaling it, you know, and and anything that's heavy like that. I mean, think of it like you you're taking it and you're you're burning it with like charcoal rocks to ingest it. Come on, like y'all, if y'all really think of what's going on when you're smoking these hookah bowls, like this, this is not it. This is not where it's at. Like, I I mean, this is this is just not where it's at. Um, as far as like <laughs> um marijuana and weed and things like that. I always tell people there's a difference between marijuana and weed, right? I'm not going to say like, you know, get weed from like your old boy down the street. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know what that is. I don't want to be accountable. I don't know what, you know, how he makes his stuff, who he gets. I don't know. I don't want to get into those logistics. But I will say there is definitely scientific evidence and proof that, yeah, marijuana plants, like when grown like the right way, and you have specific professions like for that, right? In California, in New York, in Denver, Colorado, that actually have marijuana farms. Mm -hmm. And these are people's professions, right? So grow it under this specific lighting, right? In this specific temperature building, getting, you know, this, like, then yeah, like absolutely. You know, that's, that's, that's good for you. And even on my... I have a holistic health business that we talked about. Naturally, Mary is what it's called. And I sell CBD oil. And I always tell people, I'm like, look, it's it's from the hemp plant. Okay. So people are like, oh yeah, give me that. I want to get high. This is not what that does. Right, like I'm not, right. <laughs> I'm not your drug dealer. I just want to put that out there. I am not. Um, it's is no THC in it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's completely legal. You're absolutely fine. Um, what it does is it it's a it's a relaxant. So it relaxes your mind. People who have anxiety, people who have seizures, people who have epilepsy, people who have chronic pain, people who have just gone through major surgeries that are in recovery processes. Um, of course, people who have cancer, people who have arthritis, people, I mean, it's, the benefits are so endless to so many different people. Nuggets of knowledge. Right. I love it. I Try love em. it. So from research, um, from a cancer standpoint, I, I was doing a little bit of research and kind of reading up, and and, and it's amazing some of the, the statistics and facts mm-hmm. um, that come out and, and are developed. I want to read one and kind of get your thought processes on that and, and ask you what we can do as a people to to change this. So this, say, this is from the American Cancer Society. This is mm-hmm. about 202,000 new cancer cases and... There's about 73,000 cancer deaths that are expected to occur amongst blacks mm-hmm. in 2019. And this is African-Americans have the highest death rate and shortest survival mm-hmm. of any racial or ethnic group in the U.S. for most cancers. Yeah. Why is that the case? And what can we do about it as a people? I would definitely say for whatever reason, and I, I mean, this, this dates back to before I was even born. Black people have this stigma about going to the doctor. They just won't. Mm -hmm. They just won't. You know what I mean? And it can be something as simple as like STD testing. They just won't. Black people just don't want to go to the doctor. They're just, everything is, I'm going to thug it out. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to have a cold. I'm going to thug it out and be fine. All right. Like I have this terrible cough for two weeks. You need to check to make sure that's not going to be like pneumonia or bronchitis, (laughs) homeboy. Like you can't just like wait some things out. But unfortunately, like that's what we do. Everything was, oh, it'll pass. Oh, it'll pass. Oh, there's a lump here. Oh, that's probably like some tissue. No, no, no. I need you to go to the doctor. And I literally, a lot, my patients respect me and love me so much because I talk to them like this. Like I'm a, I don't need to come to you with all of these scientific terms and things like that. I'm a, no, like I'm, I'm on the same level as you. Like we just going to talk and I'm going to be real with you and I'm going to tell you what it is. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, 
You have to go to the doctor. You have to check on yourself. Like, you, we have to. Because at the end of the day, this food is not getting better. You understand what I'm saying? This food is not getting better. Like, you, you only have one life. You only have one life. And whether you're a brother, sister, daughter, father, mother, whatever, there's somebody depending on you. There's mm-hmm. somebody that's going to be devastated when it's your time to leave. Like, why, why exacerbate that time by not checking on yourself, by things that can be prevented? You know, like we we have to get back out there. We we have to go to the doctors. We have to ask questions. Like it's okay to ask questions. You can't teach prevention or expect people to have all these preventative efforts if no one's giving them these resources Correct. or the knowledge to to yep. do that. Yep. I like to I like to say like you can put it on a page, but somebody has to turn the page yeah. and help you continue to turn the page to figure Absolutely. out, hey, is this really Absolutely. affecting me or like education is is key. Oh, that's that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that you you that's kind of a mission and, and a piece of your purpose is, yeah. is you you do that. Like yeah. you, and you like doing it. I love it. It makes me feel that's beautiful. It makes me feel awesome. That's beautiful. Thank you. Okay. So I'm gonna get into some some questions that I asked some some family members and some folks mm-hmm. that are that are around me who um just was curious. And you know, some questions seem like Hey, these are some questions you can easily Google and kind of get an understanding for. Mm-hmm. Or you can, you know, you can ask around and kind of see what that really means. Right. So people hear two terms, right? Malignant and benign. Mm. What is that, like, what does that really mean? Because people have different misconceptions right. of, like, what it means and how it affects them. And, right. like, all they hear is, like, I have cancer or I don't have cancer. Uh-huh. Right? What is, like, if you could, if you could share... Mm-hmm. The thought process behind malignant and benign, and, and what it really means, as it relates to like how you add, how you how you really did a good job in sharing what cancer is, right. and kind of tying it together. Yeah, um, the most simplistic way that I know how to put it is if you know people can. I want people to understand you can have a tumor and it not be cancerous. Like there's there's there is that you can have a tumor and it not be cancerous. So if it's not cancerous, then it's benign. Um, typically, benign tumors hurt. That's what we like to tell people. If it hurts, like to the touch. It's typically benign. Cancer tumors aren't going to hurt. They're going to be rock hard, and they're they're just going to be there. Those are malignant. Um, so when you hear that term, it's a malignant tumor. There's going to be more discussions and follow up treatments and things. If something's benign, it just depends on the size. They'll either say, you know, I'll leave it alone, whatever. It's not going to do anything, or you can have it surgically removed or whatever. Um, but that's that's definitely the thing to to understand. So just because you feel a lump, you know, I'm not saying don't freak out because that's going to be anybody's natural reaction if you feel, you know, something. But just understand, like, you can feel something and it not be cancer. How long have you been vegan? Two years. Okay. What made you, what What gave you, like, the the inspiration to actually switch and become vegan? Honestly, I'm not even going to lie. I was dating this guy that was vegan. <laughs> I was dating this guy. and He had been vegan for six years. And we started talking about it and he actually, like, pushed me mentally, like, if there was one thing that he did right in the relationship, <laughs> and this would literally be the one thing <laughs> that he did right in the relationship. Like, he he pushed my mind, though. Like, seriously, he he pushed my mind, and he would make me, like, read books and things like that because of my mother's history. Like, we would read books on this one called Super Genes, which is an amazing book, and it I would recommend that anybody goes to get it, and it talks about how 
the food that you eat and the things that you put in your body can actually alter your DNA in a good way. If you're proposed, you know, to develop certain type of diseases and stuff like that, what you put in your body can alter your DNA in a really good way. Or adversely, if you're eating trash, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to, exactly. I always tell you, like, the food you yeah. eat is either going to fuel cancer or fight it. Fuel disease or fight it, period. Like, that's just that's just what it is. Um, another really good book um, is called The China Study. Oh, it's amazing. It's really long, though, but it's amazing. And it's a, it's a study that was done in China about um, these people who had diseases and stuff, and they gave them all alkaline, plant-based diets, and how so many of these people, like, their diseases were gone. High blood pressure, their glaucoma was gone. Their, their high cholesterol was gone. Their mm-hmm. cancer was gone. Their uh, uh, herpes was gone. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's the craziest stuff. And it and it really goes in depth. And, I, like, I'm a nerd. I'll read things like that all day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all of that is really good. Got you. It's, it's funny. So my doctor told me I had high cholesterol. So I was like, oh, she's like, look, mm-hmm. we're going to put you on high cholesterol medicine if you can't get your cholesterol down. Mm-hmm. And so um, we had a fitness expert come on to the show. Mm-hmm. And she was spitting knowledge about fitness. And she mm-hmm. was like, yeah, you should try a vegan diet. And I was like, Straight up. I told the wifey, I was like, look, we should do a vegan diet for like a month. Yeah. And just try it out. Mm-hmm. My numbers was fucking crazy. Yeah, of course. Like, it, the deviation was so crazy. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm looking at my computer screen because I do this, I do a test and then I look at my numbers and I'm uh-huh. crazy about numbers. But I'm like, there's nothing that has been a greater deviation over the last three years right. in my diet or, or anything else around my health than this number yep. for my cholesterol just by me doing the, the whole vegan thing for a yep. month. Yep. Fucking amazing. I mean, it was amazing. It's yeah. like, it almost made me consider doing like a vegan diet for like ever. And then I was like, shit, I love fucking chicken. I yeah. like ribs. Nah, and I, my ribs is just on point. So listen, like, and know. I will I will tell you, like, I've never been like growing up, like we didn't really have like beef or pork in the house for real. Like if we ate meat, it was like ground turkey, like in the spaghetti mm-hmm. or it was like turkey bacon. You know what I'm saying? Instead of like pork yeah. bacon, like things like that. Um, and it was, I'm, I'm not even going, I'm not even going to lie. Like I told people like it was the hardest for me to let go of chicken. Like I love hot wings, period. Like that was really hard for me, you know, and it, I was like, okay, but I know that cancer runs in my family. So am I going to eat this now for temporary satisfaction or am I going to work on my health and live longer? You know yeah. what I mean? It was one of those situations. It's like, it that's not a hard decision Correct. to choose. Like, I got seriously? a whole son to take care of. You know right. what I mean? That depends on me. So, but it's, yeah. it's, I have, when I see patients and they're like, yeah, I'm on a plant-based diet now. And I look at their labs. I'm like, yo, your labs look perfect. Keep it up. Your li- yeah, your, lab- your labs look perfect, you know? And there's so many people that I'm like, if you would have just started this before, you know what I mean? Like, if you yeah. would have just started this before, but that's neither here nor there. I'm better late than never. Look, I'll always tell people, better late than ne- never. And I'll always, you know, say like, start small, right? Like, to rush into veganism is probably one of the worst things that you can do because I'm gonna put it out there, nine times out of 10, like, you will fail. When you're vegan, you have to think of everything that you're cutting out. Right. When you're vegan and you have a plant based diet, you're not getting any grease. You're not getting anything but good fats like you're my mm-hmm. my food doesn't bleed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't it, it 
it's it's plants. Like there cannot be anything bad for my body and what I'm eating. There's there's no such thing as developing high cholesterol from eating too many kale salads. Like it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? If you have things like, you know, anemia and people are like, oh, eat a big steak, you know, okay, or eat salad, you know, iron levels, greens. Green Without leafy vegetables, actual, yeah. Like yeah. because people are like, oh yeah, steak, you know, a lot of this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like, but it's high in fat and it's greasy. And like right. you're not thinking about everything else. Yeah, it's so many variables in in, it, in, in what you eat and, and to be able to absolutely. understand what all you're doing as you consume food is, is super, super, super. Important. Absolutely. It's it's one of those things. I mean, even with protein, I get guys that go to the gym, they're like, nah, I can't be vegan because I gotta have my protein. And I'm like, you know that plants are first producers of protein, right? Like animals have protein because they, they eat, eat plants. plants. Like I just want to, I just yeah. want to always like put that out A there. Plus like B yeah, and C. like Let me be connected dots. Yeah, for you, you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like it's yep. it's always that, and and you know there are like I always like people always say this is a corny example, but it's real. It's real in science and it's real in life. Like you have to look at animals. Animals that are vegetarian or that are, you know, fruititarians. Mm -hmm. You know, gorillas are one of the strongest animals in the world and they eat plants and fruits and veggies. That's it. Exclusively, yes. They're literally one of the strong... I mean, you look at elephants. You know what I'm saying? That's like saying, oh, I can't gain weight, you know, eating eating vegetables. All right, elephant is huge. But, okay, (laughs) you know, (laughs) if you say so... Example, little fact you with, Yeah, because look at at rhinos. Like, look at, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not not an excuse. There are tons of NFL players that are vegans and vegetarians and things like that. Look, going back to my idol, B and J, you know what I'm saying, are vegan now. And they just came up with this whole challenge recently, right? Like, everybody who's going vegan, like, they'll choose or select somebody to have, like, concert tickets for like years or whatever because they're trying to promote health and wellness in the black community like it's it's serious like we eat so unhealthy we don't have to eat like that anymore Anymore. guys we don't have to eat like that anymore like there's there's so many other things and i can tell you like you know it it's now fortunately being in a city like atlanta there are so many vegan and vegetarian options yes. on regular menus and regular restaurants and there's so many vegan restaurants that are popping up yep. like shout now shout out slutty vegan you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. shout out to tasili's raw reality that has to be my favorite like anybody who follows me on instagram knows <laughs> it's in the west end right which is what uh-huh. i love i will travel no matter what i'm doing to get food from there it is Dope. raw it's raw foodism. And the practice in raw foodism, nothing is cooked above 185 degrees, which that no nutrients have been evaporated or cooked out. You are getting those, those raw elements, those raw nutrients, like from the from the the plant as it's plucked from the ground. You know, mm-hmm. when you steam things, you know, nutrients it escapes. Like, that's that's just the scientific process. When you saute something on the stove, like, you know what I'm saying? It, it's drying up. So you're losing a lot of those nutrients. Same thing with baking or frying or whatever the case may be. But this place, it has raw food and it's completely vegan. And like, I will... Oh my gosh. Listen, I will spend my whole entire paycheck there. It's, nice. a, it's, it's really amazing. Not seriously, it's really amazing. And I'm all for, you know, food is medicine in so many different cultures, but ours. Food is medicine. You can heal with food. 
Like, yeah. think about it. Think about the origination of tea. Yeah. Tea is for healing. Correct. You know what I mean? Until we started putting all this ridiculous amount of sugar it is. in right. it and whatnot. Like, you yep. know, but tea is herbal. It comes from leaves. Like, this is... It's, that's why you have sleepy time tea. This helps you relax. This is why people say when, you know, women are going through that time in the month and they have menstrual cramps, peppermint tea. Peppermint naturally soothes the stomach. You know, if people are dealing with inflammation or any type mm -hmm. of, you know, chronic disease, try some cinnamon, put some ginger in there. People don't, and I'm just like, it'll, if anything, please just stop eating white sugar. Like, go to honey, go to agave nectar. Like, we don't have syrup in my house. If we have waffles, we're going to use agave nectar which, mm -hmm. of course, comes from the plant. And I'm like, it's it's just so much better for you. There's so many different alternatives and substitutes. I just think it needs to be put out there so that other Dope. people can know. Dope. So we're going to switch gears really quick because I want to ask you that last question. Mm -hmm. So there have been a lot, and, and you've mentioned two of the treatment processes. You've mentioned right. chemotherapy and you've mentioned radiation. Can you talk about what those two um, processes or therapies mm -hmm. are? And also, if there are any other processes or therapies that are that are in use as well around treatment for cancer. Yeah, for sure. So first, um, and this is just like a mini like scientific lesson that people understand because these are terms that you'll hear a lot. Um, you have neoadjuvant and you have adjuvant. Neoadjuvant treatment means before surgery. That's the neo, right? It's before surgery. And what that is, that's typically going to be where um, physicians will give you like a dose of chemotherapy, um, which is, I mean, it's cytotoxic chemicals. It is what it is. Like it's, it's cytotoxic chemicals that they're putting in your body in hopes that it'll shrink the tumor. The issue with chemo is that it doesn't know good cells from bad cells. So it destroys the ones that are helping to fight the cancer and the ones that are causing it. So it's like a it's like a double-edged sword. You know what I mean? Like it's just in there going everywhere, doing its thing, and you just got to be strong and push through. Unfortunately, it's one of those. Like it's harsh. There are some that are more harsh on the body for certain than others. Um, and that's the unfortunate part. But um, they'll, they'll typically, as a first line of treatment, for the most part, like give people um, that and then in hopes of... Um, um, shrinking it, you know, they'll, they'll look at that or they'll look at radiation. Radiation is where they do the laser. It's like a laser beam, right? Mm -hmm. And wherever, let's just say, for example, you have kidney cancer, right? Just throwing this out there. The laser beam will come through your stomach, will target that tumor, um, and it'll kind of like burn it away. That's the best way I know how to put it, through that laser beam. Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll burn it or burn it smaller or burn it to uh, a shape that's easily resectable. You know, a lot okay. of people, their cancer may be like funky shaped. You know what I mean? Like maybe like all abnormal and oblong and things like that. So it'll be hard to surgically resect and take out. So maybe you want to do radiation and kind of make it like a circle or something so like that. Something that'll be, yeah, easy, easy to go to in and grab. Exactly. So those are the two differences. So that'll be neoadjuvant. It's whatever treatment you try before surgery. Adjuvant is whatever treatment you try after surgery. So say in the surgery... They couldn't get all of it. They just weren't able to safely like remove it all. They knew to have adjuvant surgery to get the rest or say it didn't shrink to an adequate amount or size, you know, for them to be able to go in and surgically remove it. So then you're in adjuvant um, and you're looking at different chemos and there are so many different chemotherapies. Like that's another thing I, I always like to explain to people when people say chemo. Oh, yeah. Okay. My dad or my mom is taking chemo. Mm -hmm. Okay. But what yeah. kind? 
because there di- there's so many different types. Yes. And that's that's a broad term. That's just like saying I have cancer. Okay, but what kind of cancer, though? That could mean right. anything to me. So there's so many different types of chemo. Um, that's you know, you're that's, an amazing researcher, so you know I, all the I types appreciate, and kinds. I right? appreciate that's, it. That's what that is. I appreciate <laughs> it. But yeah, things. I mean, and, and now we have a proton um, cell therapy center that we're developing. And the premise of that, theoretically, is that it's safer um, and poses less side effects side effects um, and and risk than traditional radiation treatment does. So with radiation treatment, you got to think about it like the, you know, the visual that I was given before. If you have the kidney cancer and then the laser is going through your stomach, you know, past your tissue and all that stuff to get to your, you know, the tumor on your kidney, that laser is still cutting through your healthy and your good tissue. Like it's, to get to the, that, yeah, like it's yeah. it's damaging those surrounding potentially, like you know, that cartilage wherever the cancer is or that tissue. It's gonna hurt. Like that recovery process hurts. Like you have you have a laser going through you. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 not something that's simple. So proton cell therapy is supposed to be um, a lot uh, less harsh, and it's really like like we know, you know, basic science lessons in school. You have electrons, you have neutrons, you have protons. So proton cell therapy is where you spin protons at like a speed faster than the speed of light and then they go through and it's it's actually supposed to be more targeted and it's supposed to leave like a lot less damage. Gotcha. Um, so that's definitely an option that's out there too. But, you know, like I said, I, I, I tell people like you, you know, before you even want to think about all that or for the people that aren't even in that process or that part, like if, you know, all of this is making you uncomfortable, like, damn, that's a lot. Take care of yourself now. Correct. You know what I mean? Like, Correct. if all this that I'm that's saying, like, sounds sounds like a lot, it is. This is a lot to put a yeah. body through, period. This is a whole lot to put a body through, not to mention, like, how expensive it is. Like, I'm not going to lie to people. Like, cancer treatments in a year can be anywhere between $100,000 and $450,000 for one person in one year. I've had patients cry to me telling me they had to file bankruptcy because they could no longer work because they were on disability due to their cancer. They were the breadwinner in their family. They were always coming in for treatment, so they had to quit their job. It just wasn't doable with their work schedule. Now they don't have any money. They had to, you know, their car was repossessed. And it sucks that people have to be battling with cancer and deal with this stuff in their personal life. Like, it really does. You know, but... You can do something about that now while Correct. you're healthy. You can you and can that's take the steps. Message. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of the message, right? Is the techniques, the thought processes, and the things that you are advocating for is in the pursuit of prevention mm-hmm. of it before you get it. So it's like, hey, here's an awareness of what it looks like now if you were to get it now with that question, right. Right. and then you've laid a. a, a, a You've laid a roadmap out to the things that you could potentially do within your life and within your lifestyle right. to prevent the potential occurrence of it occurring. So, so right. that's a beautiful, a beautiful narrative. Um, so we're running out of time, unfortunately, and I have mm-hmm. so many more things. I want to ask <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of narrow it into a, like the last two or three questions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, how close are we from a societal standpoint in curing cancer, in your opinion? Um, so I do know, like, professionally, like, there have, there's always clinical trials and studies going on and things that are, you know, great. And everyone's like, you know, they come to me with the conspiracy. All right, but the government created cancer and don't you always think there's a treatment for cancer out there already? You know, and they they hit me with that. And um I can honestly say and I'm 
I'm going to... I'm saying it the way I'm saying it for a reason, so I just want people to understand my words. Like, think deeply about what I'm saying, because I'm saying it without putting myself in a position that I don't want to be in. Cancer, there have been numerous accounts of people curing cancer various ways without pharmaceuticals, without chemo, without radiation, whether that's through meditation and fasting, whether that's through a vegan lifestyle, whether that's through um, diet exercise, whether that's through, you know, different types of, I mean, full personal life changes. There have been many people who have testimonies of their cancer being gone without using chemo or radiation or drugs. So I'm going to answer the question like that. And I'm going to say, I'm here to enlighten people. I'm here to everything I've always said when I was blessed with this position in my job, I have gained so much knowledge that I would be so disappointed with myself as a person if I didn't educate people with everything that I know. I'm not here to withhold information from anybody. What I know, I'll let the public know because I'm tired of people dying. I'm tired of losing family members. I'm tired of my friends losing family members. I'm tired of losing friends. You know, um, I'm tired of worrying for myself what will happen to my son if I'm not here, you know? Um, so I will say any anything that I know I put out there and I can honestly say, you know, it's happened yeah. more than more than once without someone ever stepping foot into a hospital. It has been documented to have been cured before. Got you. Our listeners can de de decipher that wonderful message. <laughs> um, another question. I want to get into two more like, mm -hmm. quick things because I, I want to... I'm here. Let's do I it. I want to talk about you yeah. and what you're doing next. Me. And your, your holistic medicine site. Yeah. Right. And and what you're doing on that front. Mm -hmm. And then also the children's book. Yeah. If you would with grace yeah. the world with yeah, yeah. those two amazing elements, yeah. please share. Let's do it. So um talk about my children's book first. So like I said, I lost my mom to cancer when I was six years old. So this children's book is called I Love You Forever. And it's basically about simplistically putting cancer in a way that someone like my son's age between maybe like four and 10 years old can understand, right? A person loses a loved one to cancer every single day. Unfortunately, that's just what the statistics are. Every single day, someone loses somebody to cancer, period. So there are so many little kids that are like me or that have the same story like, you know, that I did growing up. You know, they saw their loved one pass away. So this book is more so for them. It's not, you know, I had, I had a person tell me, oh, I wouldn't buy this for my kids. And I'm like, that's fine. This book is not for everybody. This book is for kids like, like me, because I, this is a book I wish I had. I'll be purchasing that book. I appreciate it. <laughs> this is this is to, you know, understand the things that they go through and the things that, you know, everybody copes and grieves with things in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't cry for whatever reason. I didn't cry, but I was always that kid who was angry. No one can understand why I was so angry, but it was because I was confused and nobody mm -hmm. took the time to explain to me what really happened, what yeah, my mom was really was going, going through. through. Exactly. Yeah. So this is a book that says, hey, like, whether you cry, whether you are upset whether you, you know, 
whatever emotion that that you feel, you know, know that that's okay. Don't ever let someone tell you that there's a right way to grieve or cope with your own pain. We're all completely different. So know that you can feel all of those emotions or you can feel none of them. And that's completely fine, regardless, because at the end of the day, it's your situation. It's your trauma. Mm -hmm. No one can tell you how to handle your trauma in your personal life. That's the worst thing that you can ever allow someone to do is tell you to how to feel about a certain situation that has directly affected you. So that's what this book is, you know, about. Just allowing people to understand how I went through it, how what was helpful to me, whether that was drawing pictures or, you know, I freak my family out and I'd be talking to my mom like she was still here. But that helped me. That was my soothing thing. Yeah. I still needed to pretend like she was here and come home and, you know, this is what I did today, mom. That, that helped me in that situation, you know? Absolutely. There's something different for everybody. So this is just... Like I said, this is this is for kids to understand, like, look, like, you're not out there alone. Like, I know exactly how you feel. Like, know that you will be okay, but know that it's okay to be okay when you feel like being okay. Mm -hmm. Don't let somebody rush you into feeling okay. If you're right. not, then you're not, period. Like, mental health is a whole nother topic, but, you know, cancer is traumatic. It's traumatic. Absolutely. Period. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, this book is for them. And that comes out next month, um... Pre-sales, um, I am taking um, on my website. That's www.gonaturallymary.com. Mary's M-A-R-Y. It's named after my mother, actually, that I lost. Um, and on that site, that's, you know, where I sell all of my holistic health um, treatments. And that's, you know, things like I'll talk about the CBD oil that I mentioned before or like black seed oil, which is absolutely amazing for people. And, you know, I always give some type of background so you can know, like, I'm not just telling you to purchase these things. Like, in the description, I'm telling you what it's good for and I'm telling you why it's good. Because, like I said, like, it, any person could just hand you something and say, here, buy it. It's good for you. No, like, you know, that's one of those, you know, you can give a man a fish, but if you teach him, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's one of those situations. I want to give you knowledge. I don't just want to help you. Like, I want you to pass this word on to somebody else because you don't know who may need it, who may benefit from it. I get orders from people I've never heard of before. And I'm like, I don't know how you found me, but I'm glad you did. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I'm going to say, you know, and there's so many studies that people don't look at and don't look up. And, you know, everything that I put on my site, I want people to realize this is not one of those places that have a hundred different things I want you to buy, I probably have like 20 things and that's because I carefully research every single thing that Absolutely. I put on my website because I believe in it. I need to see the evidence in it. I need to see the research papers in it. I'm not going to back something that I don't believe in fully or that I wouldn't give if my mom was here the same thing to help her out. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Everything yes. that I put up there, like you can rest assured, like I have tried, I have, you know, done my thorough data and analysis and research on these things. I mean, everything, people who are battling insomnia, people who have eczema, you know, I've had customers come to me like, yo, these steroid treatments, you know, these lotions that I've been getting, like they haven't been working. Steroids are harsh in the body regardless. And I had a, a, a customer who, uh, her three-year-old has really bad eczema and she keeps giving her like these steroid topical lotions that the doctor's prescribing and it's discolored her skin at this point. Like it's hard for the little girl and I, you know, made a homemade cancer, uh, eczema, excuse me, relief cream and I gave it to her. She was like, listen, this worked and I need three jars and she ordered it like that. And I'm like, it's, it's natural and it's so many people don't understand the powerful properties that are actually in plants and essential oils. Everything is infused with essential oils, everything that I get. So, um, and I make, like I said, it's, 
you know, from moringa leaf powder, you know, to uh, anxiety relief, to, I mean, menstrual cramps, to people who have headaches, people who have muscle soreness post-workout and just want to pop an Advil, letting them know that that's not necessary. Like, I can help you with that. People who want to, you know, even older people that, you know, battle with erectile dysfunction and and want to take Viagra's. And I'm like, that's terrible for your heart. Please, like, just give this a try. Like, there's so many different leaves. It's called, you know, people laugh at the name all the time, but it's called horny goat weed. It literally is, and it's and it's amazing. I mean, it's a plant, and it's and it's specifically like for that, and it's so much better like for you than what Viagra can do. Viagra leads to heart attacks. We've heard this before so many times in the news. Like, don't put your body through that. Like, I get it, you know. And um, I mean, it's it's. I mean, the the list can go on and on. But if anybody wants to check it out, like I said, it's www.gonaturallymarry.com. There's a comment section. You can always feel free to email me and ask me a question and say, hey, I'm I'm going through this or my kid is going through this or I have a friend, relative that's going through this. Like, what do you recommend? Like, I always talk to everybody. Like, never be afraid to come to me. Like, I'm a, I'm a completely outgoing person. This is my life. Educating people is my life. So, like, if you have a question, like, come to me. Please, please. I'd rather you ask me than not ask at all. Absolutely. So, with that, um, another amazingly dope episode of Wild Black with an amazing guest. Um, hopefully, all of our listeners got a lot of good information, a lot of good feedback, a lot of good perspective, a lot of good knowledge and education that not only did you get the ability to consume, but you can actually share with others within your circle. And I think that's the important message of today is capturing that information and sharing it. Um, So in closing, Mm -hmm. I want to thank you, Miss Ashley Banks, for this amazing opportunity to explore your world and the things that are important to you that are aligned to your passion. And I want to appreciate you for having a very concise message that is aligned to your purpose. Absolutely. Um, Many people get this great feeling, this great amount of energy from from hearing things that they may not necessarily understand. But Mm -hmm. when you... When you line out the things that you've lined out with the facts and with yeah. the 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 knowledge that you've possessed and right. with your website and with your book, it's all aligned to something that is highly and truly important to you, which is what makes us connect to you. Yeah. So our wild black listeners, I want you to support her. I want you to go out and, and support the book. And I want you to really take a, a strong consideration to the holistic approach that she has been expressing within the show. Um, and that proactiveness around the things you can do now to prevent some of the things that could potentially happen to you in the future right. that um, can easily, you can make an easy shift that that could potentially change your life forever. So in that, I want to close out the show really quick. I want to add two more, two more quick nuggets. One is you may notice that um, our partner in crime and our, our additional host, Um, Vince is not with us today. So his grandmother actually passed this last week of cancer. Right. So there's a beauty in the message and the timing of our show. And for me, I actually had a very, very, very extremely close mentor who is like a father figure to me who actually just passed at the end of um, 2018 Mm. of cancer. Mm. So... This episode is dedicated to our good buddy, partner, and 
um, initiator of Wild Black Vince, and also to my amazing mentor who uh, has has transitioned to a, an amazing place as well. So yeah. thank you, of um, listeners. Uh, you've got a great deal of, of insight and yeah. information today. <laughs> and I want to pass it back to you one more time before we yeah. close out. If you want to share any last thoughts with our listeners, yeah, you got like the I, opportunity. I appreciate it. Like I said, thank you for having me, for sure. Like, it's, it's, it's always definitely a pleasure to to spread knowledge. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here for that. That's literally what I believe my purpose in this world is, is to spread knowledge. If anybody ever has any type of questions, like I said, you have my... My uh, website, www.gonaturallymarry.com. Um, always feel free to hit me up or my social media is at the real underscore Ashley Banks. Always send me a message. I'm I'm there. I'm dropping cancer facts. I'm, <laughs> I'm there to entertain and to educate. That's what I always say. But seriously, like if you ever have any questions, like it doesn't matter if I know you or not, like just say, hey, like I just have a question. I don't ignore anybody. Like if you want to know something, like I'm here. I'm here to tell you, you know, whether or not you take the information, it's fine. Like, you know, I, I enjoy just just letting people know, yeah. um, you know, so definitely hit me up and I appreciate your time. Absolutely. So while black listeners, we are out. Another dope episode. Y'all be cool and peace. Peace.